Welcome to ClinFarm Pod. I'm Elena Webster, Deputy Managing Editor for the ASCPT Journal Family. My guest today is Dr. Kathy Giacomini, Professor at the University of California, San Francisco School of Pharmacy in the Department of Bioengineering and Therapeutic Science, and Deputy Editor-in-Chief for Clinical Pharmacology and Therapeutics. Kathy, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you, Elena. Great to be here. So CPT just published its third themed issue of 2022, the September issue, which focuses on transporters. We've done transporter-themed issues in the past, but what makes this one stand out? Well, research in membrane transporters has simply exploded in the last few years. So in this third theme issue on transporters in clinical pharmacology and therapeutics, a wealth of new research is presented and reviewed. And I can go into specifics, Elena, if you'd like me to. Absolutely. Okay. There are five or six manuscripts co-authored by the ITC. The ITC is the International Transporter Consortium. This is a consortium consisting of scientists in academia, industry, and a regulatory agency. So it's a multi-sector consortia of people who are experts in membrane transporters. So they got together, they had a workshop, and they co-authored five to six manuscripts. And let me give you an example of some of them. So one of them is focused on new and emerging research on membrane transporters. For example, there are a myriad of new structures of membrane transporters that have become available because of cryo-EM. Those structures are itemized in a table and reference so the leader can access the original research. And those new structures have enabled drug discovery efforts that target transporters. There's also a manuscript on the mechanisms of regulation of expression and activity of transporters. This article by Kim Brower, Raymond Evers, and others is probably the most comprehensive manuscript I have ever read on transporter regulation. And there are updates on new transporters that may be targets for drug-drug interactions. Um, So it's just a fabulous issue of clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and a nice reference for anyone who their research touches on membrane transporters. That's great, Kathy. Thank you. And and you had a little help editing this issue as well, didn't you? Um, I know that uh, Max Smith, uh, who used to be one of our editors in training, uh, got to help with this. And then you and um, our guest editor, Xu Mei Huang of the FDA, collaborated on the editorial for this issue, as well as planning the issue. When you two wrote the editorial, what were you most hoping to convey to readers before they dig into the papers included here? Well, I have to say that writing that editorial was tough because Xiaomei and I had to select, you know, five or so papers. We couldn't write about every one of them, and there are so many great papers in the issue. So we selected five or so. And uh, I feel like, again, not those five or so, all of them, the whole issue is really one of those great issues that you keep on a nearby bookshelf um, as a great reference tool, you know, in your office for clinical pharmacologists. But what we were hoping to sort of convey the excitement and the new research that had occurred in the last five or so years. So we entitled the uh, essay or the editorial, Transporters, More Than Pharmacokinetics, Transporters in Clinical Pharmacology. So we were trying to convey that, you know, whereas people had always traditionally thought of transporters as, um, you know, mediators of pharmacokinetics and drug-drug interactions, there was so much more in transporters. So that was sort of what we were trying to convey. And we highlighted papers that delve into some of the PK transporters, of course, but also papers that went beyond the traditional pharmacokinetic transporters. 
For example, we highlighted some original research by Takeda et al. in which transporter biomarkers and physiologic-based PK models are used to predict the effect of chronic kidney disease on the disposition of a biomarker of one of these transporters in the liver, OATP1B1. And it's easy to see the shift in disposition of the biomarkers from renal to hepatic elimination in the setting of chronic kidney disease. So this kind of research has not been highlighted before and really gives a, gives a feeling that transports are not just there for pharmacokinetics, but they're there to do endogenous roles as well. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so moving from the editorial to the perspectives and commentaries, which I always find particularly interesting, especially in a themed issue, these often ask readers to commit to a change within the field, a call to action, something like that. What actionable takeaways will readers find in this issue? Well, the commentaries, I also agree with you. I like to read commentaries because in a shorter article, you get a lot of information. So two commentaries perspectives stood out to me. Um, first, there's a commentary by Sanjay Nigam and Jeff Granados uh, describing the remote sensing hypothesis. I think many readers may be familiar, but others may not be with the remote sensing hypothesis. Here, what they do is they describe the critical roles that transporters, along with enzymes, and regulatory proteins play in total body homeostasis of not only drugs, of course, but homeostasis of the myriad of endogenous molecules and dietary nutrients that we all ingest. So that important role that they're working together and the transporters are serving as a remote sensing. Um, and so that's a great just commentary to read. And of course, we have a perspective from Resolute. Resolute is a public-private partnership it's led by Julio Saperte Ferga, and they are creating numerous resources such as cell lines, plasmids, databases, knowledge bases to enable research in solute carrier transporters. So that commentary also provides a hint at some of those or a reference to some of those, those resources that are publicly available to all of us. Those sound really interesting, and I urge anyone listening to definitely make sure to check those out. I know a lot of thought went into the cover design uh, for this issue. I know because I was personally there when a lot of it was being decided. <laughs> um, can you walk me through the thought process and how you and the editorial team finally decided on this particular image? Yes. Okay. That thought process was an, indeed an education for me as well. So we started with something very technical for the cover, you know, showing transporters and cells. And um, that was rejected by our editor, Pete Vandergraaf, who told us we need something so simple that our six-year-old daughter or granddaughter or son can understand it. So we came up with the idea, Pete came up with the idea of let's do the London tube. You know, Pete, I think, lives in London. So we'll do the tube map, um, which is a transport system. So yes, he was right. That is a very simple concept. So that we did the tube. Of course, it wasn't the exact tube, but we did one of those subway maps that we're all familiar with. And then we added transporters along the way in the tube. And we also added organs. And it came up with a really nice cover. I really love it. Let's see, it was Pete, Max Smith, and Xiaomei Wong, um, and you and me, Elena, who are responsible for that fun cover. I agree. I think it's a great eye-catching cover. And it was it was very fun, the process coming up with that. Well, it's been great having you on here again, chatting with you about this exciting themed issue. We have more themed issues coming up in 2023. What can readers of CPT expect? 
Yeah, so I'm actually very much looking forward to the theme issue on biosimilars. Uh, we all know about biosimilars, um, and yet I don't think I've ever seen a theme issue on biosimilars that will cover aspects of biosimilars that are important to us in clinical pharmacology. I think that one's in January. And then there's one in March on diversity, equity, and inclusion in clinical pharmacology. I love that is issue. We're defining DEI very broadly. It can, of course, be different races, ethnicities, sexual orientation, but also maybe age, such as pediatric or geriatric patients, disease states, and more. The kind of diversity that we define in clinical pharmacology and which we have to consider dosing for. In fact, Pete and I often think of clinical pharmacology as the discipline of DEI, as we must consider special populations in drug selection and dosing. I couldn't agree more. I'm also very excited to get that issue going. Um, and I will just add that there will be more information uh, coming forth later this year or early 2023 about a themed issue on novel modalities for the end of 2023. So again, I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. I've really enjoyed our discussion. And Kathy and I both hope that uh, everyone takes a second to check out the transporters issue. I think you're really going to love it. Thank you for listening to ClinFarm Pod. You can find a link to the full issue in the description of this episode. While you're here, be sure to check out past episodes and remember to visit ASCPT.org for updated podcast releases, our latest webinars, and the most recent issue of all three journals.